You're listening to DraftKings Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Coming up on today's show. The legend of Joe Flacco continues as the Browns beat the Bears. From Taylor Swift to Marianne Doe, Big Dom, and Sean Stellato, we share our favorite side characters from this NFL season. We talk the Lions trolling Russell Wilson with a future playlist, Cam Newton calling out elite NFL QBs, and we also draft the best burgers in America. All of this and much, much more on this smoke-friendly, burger-filled last podcast before ho-ho-hoing Christmas episode of the Tomahawk Show. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Me play football? Now, most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. You got two more quarters, and after that, most of you will never play this game again. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Football's fun. Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. You sure? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the world-famous Tomahawk Show, brought to you by the good folks at Meadowlark Media and the DraftKings Network. As always, I am the hawk portion of the Tomahawk Show, Andrew Hawkins, seven-year NFL vet, ESPN media personality, so on, so forth, whatever. The Tama version is the more important version. Joe Thomas, NFL, well, Pro Football Hall of Famer. I always call it NFL Hall of Famer. He's been to a million Pro Bowls. He has uh, a million All-Pros. He played a million snaps consecutively. But as we get closer to playoffs, that's where I have one up on him because he has never played in a playoff game. But he is a Browns fan, and it is looking like the Browns will have another playoff appearance this year. Joe, how are you, man? Well, I'm doing good, especially because the Browns are now down 75 starting offensive tackles, yes. and I think I'm the next up. You're so next. I may be able to go play in the playoff game for them this year, and I can break that streak so that you don't have that one-upper on me every time you introduce <laughs> me to the show. So I'm doing fantastic. Thanks that for would, asking. That would be the best storyline in the NFL to add to a bunch <laughs> of other great storylines this year. Now, this year, I've been trying to be more objective because I have a, <laughs> a media personality, and I have to do that. Um, and I'm also trying not to jinx oh, the Cleveland Browns because the Cleveland Browns have gotten more luck this year than I think I have ever seen in a very long time. Uh, before we get into the Browns, I am going to introduce the other members of the show, Fat Nat with a PH, three T's. Fat, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, hey, Browns, Niners doing well. I'm all, I'm always good when that's the case. You are you are in heaven right now as a Niners fan and a Cleveland Browns fan. And last exactly. but not least, Juju Gotti in the building. Uh, he's rocking a Browns jersey too. Look at that. We got synergy here. <laughs> Juju, why the Browns jersey today? Because when they're wrong, salute to the time of flock. You feel me? They, they sent a lot of positive messages over the weekends. A lot of love from uh, Cleveland, you know what I mean? So salute, man. I can return the favor. I'm not mad at that. And let's get started with some NFL news. We're going to start with the Cleveland Browns. That is not on the rundown, but I'm throwing an audible here. The mm. Browns won against the Chicago Bears this week. And Joe Flacco, he threw three picks. So it was kind of like a weird situation of like the honeymoon was over. 
Uh, but at the same time, he did enough to get a victory. Justin Fields actually looked really good, and he threw what should have been a game-winning Hail Mary, but it was dropped, and the weirdest thing happened. Luck was on the side of Cleveland. Joe, were you watching this game live, and if so, what was your reaction? I was. Actually, my neighbor across the street, who's a good friend of mine, is a huge Chicago Bears fan, mm. and so it was great being able to bring the kids over there and kind of live and die with each moment. Uh, knowing that there was a lot of trash talking on the line. And yeah. of course, as a Browns fan, we were the last one standing. We got to do all the trash talking. But it's funny that you mentioned Joe Flacco didn't have a great game. He had three picks. Well, he threw for 374 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, not all those interceptions were totally his fault. There was a couple they of bad of course. But um, one of them went right through the uh, hands of his receiver. Fields threw for 166 yards and two picks. Now, granted, those picks were on uh, two Hail Mary plays. Uh, but it just <laughs> goes to show that it's hard to look at stats and come up with an idea of like, oh, yeah, this guy played good or this guy played bad. Because a lot of times it's two or three throws in a game that will determine the outcome of a game. Yep. And the opportunities that you have that are, are given to you by your play call and the receiver separation that they have kind of determine – what your chances of being able to complete any given throw was. So yeah. it was fun to watch the Deep. the Brownies come up with the victory. And I think you are right that Justin Fields did show some good positive progress. And so the Bears really have a big decision to make kind of at the end of the season if they want to keep him, uh, a guy who is improving as the season is going on. Not a lot of what you said was interesting, but there was one You're part welcome. of it. Yeah, I appreciate that. The part where you said you went over to your neighbor's house to watch the game, who's a Chicago Bears fan. Are you guys really close? And again, this is a little different because, you yeah. know, you both have your teams and everybody watches games where it's like somebody's rooting for another team. Have you ever been in a situation where you're not allowed to cheer for the team that you actually want to win? Well, that was sort of the situation that my neighbor was in. My name, uh, yeah. my neighbor, Jake Bjork. Yeah, you were the big you know, Bears fan. He's like, you know what? I want us to lose because I know we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. And so I want better draft choices so that we can stock the cupboards uh -huh. when the draft comes around this offseason. But at the same time, I'm staring him in the face, pointing him in the, <laughs> in, in the middle of his chest, talking trash to him. So there's a little pride aspect in that situation. So to start the game, especially when the Bears had the lead, like he was throwing it back. He was cheering on the Bears, but uh, a classic softy. As soon as the Browns won, he's like, well, in the end, I'm happy the Bears <laughs> lost because they get a better draft choice and yada, yada, yada. Right, right. Cat, what about you, Juju, and, and that? Have you ever been in a scenario where you wanted to cheer, but you did, but you couldn't? No, I will always cheer for you my don't team. Give a I, damn. Don't, I, okay. I don't care. Okay, just... I think it's uh, it's a special situation. Like I was, I go to an Eagles bar here in Atlanta where all the Eagles fans be, and not rooting <laughs> for another team wasn't on the menu. But I had C.D. Lamb in the championship last year, mm -hmm. and we were playing against the Cowboys, and so C.D. Lamb like made a big play, and I was like, oh no, oh, like you know what I mean, just so I wouldn't get beat up by the rest of the field. Just the <laughs> you fans. just. Just look at you assimilating sports assimilation. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nat is over here like sports fan Debo. She don't give a damn. There was one time <laughs> I went to the Chargers and Browns game in L.A. And if you don't know, my son is the biggest Browns fan on earth. I'm not even kidding. Like his week, just like every Browns fan, is predicated on whether or not the Browns got a W or not. He wears Browns head to toe socks, uh, shorts, T-shirt, hoodie on game days. Like the whole day is around. He stands up, he watches the entire game, and wow. you can see just you don't have to watch TV. You can just watch him and oh you gosh. it'll tell you exactly what is going on with the game. So I took him to the Chargers and Browns in LA 
uh, where we lived, and he went with all of his brown stuff. Well, I know a member of the ownership group for the Chargers, and we got invited to watch the game from the owner's suite. Mm. And if people have never, like, watched a game with the owners, it's a little different. It's not just like, oh, this is my team, this is your team, this is business for them. It is very, like, a, a serious. So I had to explain to my 10-year-old son, like, yo, you can't, like, you can't just be cheering for the Browns. He, he couldn't understand. Like, what do you mean? That's who I want to win. I brought this Miles Garrett jersey, and I'm like, I had to, like, really zero in. So we get in there. First play while we get in there, Miles Garrett gets a sack. And he looks at me like, your dad, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. And so we were there, no bullshit, for a minute and 35 seconds because he was like, yo, I cannot do this. Get me out. And I'm like, hey, thanks. You know, I gotta, he got to go to the bathroom. And I had to leave the suite, and we didn't come back because as a Browns fan, he could not sacrifice seven minutes of not cheering for the Browns. It was really nice that you were able to skew the rundown so that you could name drop the fact that you're friends with the L.A. Chargers owner. I'm glad that you really took that deviation for okay. us. That really elevated the show. That's Thanks, what you Mark. got out of that. He goes, right. if you've never watched a game with the, in the owner's suite. Yeah, right? Like, oh, yeah, no big deal. That happens with all of us. Joe. The Celtics, they played the Heat uh, in the championship or uh, in some important playoff games. You know, uh -huh. I'm a Celtics fan, and I was in the media uh, situation, so I, yeah. I, I feel your son. Like, so <laughs> your son. <laughs> yep, you can't cheer in the media box. That's what everyone yeah, says. Yeah, if you're part of media, uh, that's different for sure. And that's hard <laughs> as well. All right, well, speaking of games, there has been a kind of a new development in the NFL where, and I don't, I don't feel like this is a consorted effort. I don't think this is like on purpose, but there's been like character development for people outside the game. And Taylor Swift has been the main character, right? You cannot watch a game that Taylor Swift is at without seeing at least 10 different cutaways to exactly what Taylor Swift's reaction to that is. Other members have been uh, Big Dom with the Eagles has been a character this year. Marion Doe, the, the, the Vikings charger turned Vikings Chargers. fan turned Chargers fan was a big part of this season. And most recently it is Tommy DeVito's agent, Sean Stellato, uh, who is wearing like the old school Italian hats on the sideline. So I guess my question is, where are you guys at as far as like caring? Do you care to see this? Do you think this is a step in the right direction for the league to be almost inserting supporting casts to the game beyond the players? Because I, I feel weird about it. I'm not going to lie. I don't care. Joe. I love it. <laughs> Joe, Nat, yeah, Nat, well. give it to me. Why do you love it, Nat? No, I love it. I think it's fun. I mean, okay, I did say that maybe it's a little excessive showing Taylor Swift like 10 times during the game, mm -hmm. but I think it's fun. It gives different storylines to the game. I'm like kind of obsessed with Tommy DeVito's agent and his insane, insanely cool fits he's bringing. Um, also, like, I remember when that uh, Marion Doe, I think that's what her name is. Um, when she first was shown on the screen, everyone's like, oh my God, she's a plant. She's a plant. This isn't real. Yeah. She's like not doing this for real. And then it kind of turned into something funnier. Like, okay, if this is real, this is hilarious. And like <laughs> became a character. It didn't go on too long, which I appreciated. They didn't like overdo it, but uh -huh. I don't know. I like it. It's fun. And also like Big Dom being, Dom being banned for the rest of the season. Good if call. that's true like that's crazy i think that's I a great call what do you think juju yeah i like it a lot because it's so many uh personalities within the football team you know what i mean and i think that this can highlight 
the individuality other than hard knocks and stuff you can tune into but you hey you dating taylor swift hey you know what i mean i love it i i like bit dom i like taylor swift i like the tommy devito manager i'm a fan of every single person that come on the screen because it's the the nfl usually has Colin Kaepernick issues and other issues, and we're usually talking about Indian racism. And so this year, I mean, even though racism is very alive and well, at least they can give us a little <laughs> bit of distraction from time to time from it. I feel it. He was like, hey, man, can we get a break from Indian racism? I feel you, Juju. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Because they ain't going to end it. It's in the end zone, and it's racist as hell still. <laughs> in, in, in very small print, might I add. <laughs> Every year, they're, they're lowering the font. Just one notch. Right. It's, it's not distinguishable, and you can't read it anymore. Uh, you know what? I do like it. I think adding layers and adding drama to the games is really fun, and I think this is what the NFL has wanted to do for a long time. They've wanted to take the game more international, and they've wanted to make it more than just about the sport of football. They've been wanting to make it about the entertainment and the connection between everybody's life. Because if you don't love the NFL, you can still tune in because you're interested in Taylor Swift and the drama with her and Travis Kelsey or Big Dom. And you're an, a, a big Philly fan and you love the character that he is and like what he represents and what you see in him in yourself and the pride you have in your city and with uh, Tommy DeVito's agent, I'm not exactly sure if he was dressing like a uh, gangster, <laughs> an Italian gangster, ironically, with the fedora and the pinstripe suit, or if that's what he dresses on a normal basis. But either way, it was interesting <laughs> enough for me to tune into the Giants game, which I'm not going to watch the okay. Giants unless Sean Stellato is there. Uh, <laughs> but the only thing I will say is I think the Taylor Swift stuff did go overboard because it was just so much of it. And for the most part, she's not interested in being one of the characters in the drama. I know that Hawk, you have your conspiracy theory. I do, and I'm really starting to lean into it with as much as they put her out there and as many games as she's gone to, because for somebody that's as famous as her, I can't imagine she enjoys being the center of attention all the time. And potentially if things go sideways for the chiefs, all the chief fans are going to blame Taylor Swift for their bad luck, right? That's so? what always happens. You that's think they know you, real. You think, you think like the NFL fans real, but like that's a that's a big risk for a gal like Taylor Swift who's got nothing wrong in her entire life. You think NFL fans want it with Swifties? You think that they'll be able to I, like back them down in a battle where the Chiefs fans feel like it's her fault? And it's not NFL fans; it's Chiefs fans specific. Yeah. Do you think that they will be loud enough? that the Swifties won't drown them out. No, the Swifties no. <laughs> are crazy. So no, they, they right. will come for NFL fans, no matter what, anything uh, negative you say about Taylor Swift, they're coming for you, man. Right. And the NFL, it's like whenever you have your first beer or, or use your first drug, for some reason, you think it's the only thing in the world that you need to do all the time. But then you realize, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There's a way to drink responsibly. And I think there's a way to have Taylor Swift and the Swifties involved in the NFL more responsibly than they displayed earlier in the season. Okay. so you And Juju's all for doing drugs responsibly as well. He left that part out, <laughs> but uh, that was the third part that was trying to get edited. Swifty responsibly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. We did OD he's a little heard about bit on, on Taylor Swift. I, I get that. So Dom, one of the characters, he's gone for the year. He's killed off in this season of NFL. <laughs> yeah. That was a mistake by the NFL, by the way. You think that like, was bad what way? What idiot. I give him a one-game suspension, fine him a billion dollars. Yeah. We're going to be on the sideline. I mean, he's become a part of the show. No, you got to ban him. I was actually all for the ban. <laughs> if they ban the kid from the Dolphins for, for taping the uh, 
Tyreek Hill Flip. celebration, you got to yeah. get Dom. Dom got to go, bro. He, he <laughs> yeah, is. but th- you're defending the NFL for banning the Miami Dolphins uh, Tyreek Hill buddy on the sideline. That that was the most ridiculous ban ever. He was just taking a picture of him, and Tyreek grabbed his phone. I get that there could have been some collaboration going on, but even still, like, give him a warning, maybe one game. So for you to use that as justification to suspend <laughs> Big Dom is a crime against your own soul. And I'm, I'm just very saying, of you. If, if precedence, I want things to be the same, okay? I don't have oh, to agree so with you. So once bad precedence is set, you don't ever want him to correct the record? Not wow. in the middle of it because now it seems like, you know, you're showing favoritism. Do it in the off season. You didn't write the Constitution. Rectify it. But if you've already gone in, in, to an action – Make sure that is true of all things. And also the kid that was filming Tyreek didn't try to fight Fred Warner as well. Which look, ban Steven Ross for that weak ass waddle he did yesterday. That was a terrible. Oh yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Consistency, Hawk. <laughs> NFL needs some consistency. That was more offensive than anything that I saw out of Big Dom or Tyreek's buddy. But they filmed that. Speaking of consistency, all right, our next headline: the Detroit Lions trolled Russell Wilson with nothing but future songs during pregame warm-ups at Ford Field. For 25 minutes straight, they played all of Future, the hip-hop artist's catalog. They only changed the music when Wilson walked off the field. And if you don't know, Future is a music artist who is the father of Russell Wilson's wife's first son. Did I say that right? Okay, nailed that. Now I need reactions. What are our thoughts? Juju, I'm going to start with you. Give me your thoughts. Bruh, I feel like, in a, salute to the NFL, but the people in, in charge of that music, y'all need to stick to y'all job and stay in y'all lane, oh. bruh. Don't, don't involve this man, family, and All kids, because right. it's a that's, thin line between that's kids. That's what I was looking for, wives. Juju. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, that's what I was looking for, Juju. Go ahead. Yeah, because you're going to tell me you don't give a damn about what that's... Uh, I, look, keep, keep the, the families as much as possible, man. Keep the family and the children away, brother, because these things be having residual effects that mm-hmm. we don't see later on at the dinner table. We don't see later on in the... His wife is expecting, or maybe she just had... Like, come on, can we give the guys a mental health break in some capacity at time? He already got to deal with these people finna try to get his head all game like they finna try to tackle him so vivid vigorously all game so please i i I lean into supporting the brothers and sisters mental health at the times that we can yeah i think it definitely got into his head a little bit i'm gonna be honest with you that that would definitely it would mess with my head i'm telling you that right now joe what were your thoughts good gamesmanship or should it be off limits i thought it was classless to be totally honest and i usually err on the side of doing things that make it fun and you know ragging Uh on people and you know kind of poking at them but like juju said this could be some really deep family drama. I don't really follow it as closely as maybe I should, but yeah, I know that no. there's probably some like hurt feelings going on, I'd imagine. And uh, to do what the Lions sound system did um, just seems like it's bringing the family in just a little too much, and it seems a little classless. But to your point, it worked. Lions won 42-17, so yeah. I'm sure the people in Detroit, although everybody around the world is saying, hey, you bozos, that was pretty classless. They're, they're saying, hey, we won the game, and I guess – for them, that's probably the only thing that was important. Nat, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to you and I'm gonna give it I'm gonna make it a little closer to home. Let's say I'm... let's say you're 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 a 49ers fan. Uh let's say somehow the Seahawks get in. And, and a future fan. And a future fan. You yeah. can, okay, you meet so... the Seahawks in the playoffs and they're, they're playing uh at Levi Stadium. You're at the game. They start running future through the speakers while Russell Wilson is is warming up to get him off his game. What it, 
what is your feel? I was going to say you're you're handing me my take on a platter but at the same time <laughs> I was I was already going to go the opposite of Juju and Joe sorry guys but I thought I thought it was funny I thought because Future is such a big artist like there's no way Russell Wilson does not hear Future like randomly like listening to him not choosing to listen to him but like he hears Future songs so I don't think this was like too deep I think it was funny I think it was like I don't know. I mean, he can, he probably was able to tune it out. Like maybe they didn't have to play it the entire time he was out there, maybe like a couple songs, but still, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good troll. It wasn't like, mm. I thought it was subtle and funny. So I am on the opposite side of you guys. Sorry. Mm. And thanks Hawk for giving me like the little <laughs> extra push I needed for that. But no, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was funny regardless. Juju didn't give it to me. Joe didn't give it to me. I needed someone to push at for inconsistency. <laughs> from the take about Jamal Adams and the bringing his wife into it. And I, I didn't think you were going to give that it to me, Nat, but you did. That was different. Is it different? different? Because now you're yeah, still bringing in somebody's significant other to on the field. And so I agree with you. Listen, you can't have a fire pregame list without a future song. That is a reality. Right. I, let's, let's, let's call that what it is. Right. But 25 <laughs> straight minutes, and it might not be so much Russell cares but 25 straight minutes of the entire catalog some of which lyrics might be about your wife while <laughs> maybe your wife is there or watching the game or what have you like maybe it's sierra who was like yo this is whatever right. i was waiting for social media to be up in arms about bringing somebody's significant other into it like they were with jamal adams i just want consistency juju i'm not saying one's right <laughs> one's wrong just give me something I, that is I the same. I am consistent. You're I am consistent. Because what, what's the gotcha? What's the gotcha? Okay, your f wife has a baby daddy. That's the gotcha. Right. Okay, cool. P keep playing. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm consistent. Yeah. This is lame. Yeah. This is square. This is uh, classless. This is for. This is what square people do to get. I know what real anger feel like. I know what real depression feel like. And if mm. you're throwing rocks at this, that just to get some jokes off, I think you lame for that, bro. Yeah. Detroit Lions, salute. But that's lame. I, I wish Russell would have won. I wish you would have like won because then the conversation would be easier. But the hard part, Juju, is it did seem like it worked. Nat, what you got to right. say? Of course it worked. <laughs> it's, no, ter it's a terrible thing to do. I didn't know if, uh, like, obviously they did it to mess with Russ, but were they also doing it to try to, like, go viral and stuff? Because I didn't see it go that viral. Like, I saw a couple tweets about it. Yeah. I didn't see too many people talking about it. So if they did it just to get in Russ's head, okay, maybe they did that. But if they yeah. did it to try to, like, make a statement or make or go viral, I didn't see that be as successful. So maybe it wasn't as, uh, like out how they wanted it to yeah i don't know i don't know what the i don't I, I ultimately probably the win was what they looked for and at least to get russ off his game which they did and we'll we're actually double back into there because he was getting reamed by sean payton and that's a top another mm. topic that we got to dig into when we come back after a quick break right here on the tomahawk show the welcome back to the tomahawk show in other news this week uh cam newton made a lot of headlines because he, on his podcast, I believe it's fourth and one because he has a couple of them, but I believe his podcast fourth and one, he called Dak Prescott, uh, Brock Purdy, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jared Goff game managers. And it sent sports media into an uproar and actually on a show that I was on ESPN Get Up, there were some comments made by some of the panelists who 
basically said, look where you're at, Cam. You're tweeting from the basement or something. I'm paraphrasing. And that also sent everybody else into an even bigger uproar. So I want to start with the beginning portion, Joe. Uh, do you agree with Cam Newton's take that the quarterbacks that I mentioned are game managers and not game changers in the way that he described it? He later clarified his comments, and then he said that Tom Brady, Peyton Manning were also game managers, and that's not a bad thing. But I do think there was a little tone to it in the first one. And then also, if I mean, if Tom Brady's a game manager, do you want to be a game changer? I don't know. Joe, what is your opinion? So this is one thing that I always wanted to make sure that I wasn't when I was retired was a guy that was jealous, wishing that I was still out there and that I could do the things that the dudes that are out there right now putting their lives on the line are doing. And to me, it just seems like Cam Newton is just jealous of all those guys because he wants to play in the NFL. He doesn't have the skill because of injury and because he's getting older anymore. Uh, and it just seems classless like some of the other stuff. And it seems like it's below him. I think he's going to be remembered as less of a great player because he was truly a fantastic player. If he's just going to be sitting on the sidelines now in retirement, trying to take shots at all these good quarterbacks in the NFL. And I say good for a reason. I think they're better than game managers, right? To me, a game manager is just a replaceable quarterback. Those guys are not easily replaceable, but they're not top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So mm -hmm. if he would have dissect the minutia a little bit more, I think it would have been easy to understand what he was trying to say, but it just sounds like sour grapes the way he placed it. I think like when, when his rebuttal, because it really took off. I don't know if you've seen any of the reaction. And I was surprised because everybody kind of came to Cam Newton's defense really? once people started talking about it. And again, that might even be some more under-rooted issues just in sports media in general because they all seem to rally at, uh, I think, uh, Kimberly Martin, who was on ESPN, was the person who kind of gave a very similar take to you. And she said, she, you know, it, it, it felt like, he was jealous in respect and everybody was like, oh respect cam newton he's an mvp and all those things are true and i actually agree with some of cam's take i think the tone was off to your point joe and he later explained it uh, a lot better but i was surprised that the reaction was was not so much pointing out the bias of someone who was still trying to play in the league and, and that might not have been the impetus of what he was saying but it is a part of it it's the same reason why i don't want to hear david carr's analysis on Derek carr it's so very clear like you have a bias or even, you know, our guy, RG3, whenever he gives an incredible quarterback analysis, then he ends it with you should sign me. It's always like, uh, <laughs> well, now I don't want it. Now I don't feel like I could take what you said at face value, you know? Yeah, I think I think the most important part of this is the narrative of the word game or the words game manager, what, whatever that means to you. I think that the same way the word woke has been, the narrative has changed. Now, people say, oh, you're a woke when it just means you're you're abreast. Like, it just you're means aware, that you yeah. understand. So some people have a, a meaning to game manager. I don't know if, if, if Cam Newton meant the same way as the derogatory meaning of game manager. Like he cleared up later on. And I think he, he also takes exception to where if you're going to attack his takes, don't mention what he has on. Don't mention his leader hosing. Don't mention, no matter how ridiculous it is. I know it's, it's the trick. Do <laughs> not mention his clothes because then you are actually doing the thing that's not acceptable. But mm -hmm. for his, for him to be the experienced guy he is, for him to be the, the Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, I'm not sure if, I think it might have been. Mm -hmm. I know that he went to the Super Bowl with the uh, Panthers, had a long career. I think if he's just, if he's allowed to have his own show and talk about football, 
it shouldn't make people up in arms and, and, and too crazy because he just has a show to talk about football and he's actually done the football. So yeah. he's qualified to talk football. And if his definition of game manager is different than everyone else's, especially because he put the respect on Tom Brady's name. He put the respect on Brock Purdy in him name. He just said, hey, I don't see them necessarily doing cartwheels and flicking it like Patrick Mahomes do to win the game. And he's there. They're surrounded by incredible talent all over the board. I think that his definition of game manager may have been misconstrued, and I think that's why he's getting the vitriol right now. What do you think, Nat? Yeah, no, I was gonna say Juju took the words out of my mouth. I think that like the way he came at it in the beginning was he definitely retracted kind of the way he said he it. Changed and the his way tone he for it. sure. Yeah, he totally changed his tone, and it was obvious. But at the same time, like. Yeah, that's the, I mean, clearly that's what his opinion is. And again, I don't think he's too wrong there. Like, I mean, with the the players he named, like, sure. I mean, they are not the Patrick Mahomes or I mean, I guess you can say those types of players. But I mean, he's not super wrong on that take, but he mm -hmm. changed the way he said it. And also, I think people went a little too crazy. Like, I agree. He is. I don't know. For me, at least when I hear like former players analyze something and talk about something. I take it a little bit differently than when an analyst says it. So I mm -hmm. think that, you know, his point was right of like, I played, I know this, I played the game. Like I, I know what I'm talking about essentially. Like, I think that's fair. And he is, a, he was a good quarterback and maybe he is a little jealous that he's not playing right now. Cause that was the tone in the beginning. <laughs> yep. He switched it up, but I don't know. It's like, it, there's a fine line. I agree with what Juju said. Like maybe he has his own definition of it. And I don't think his take was like so blasphemous, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, people came really hard at him and like, we all know how Cam Newton dresses, how he types. Like, why are we bringing that into it? I don't know why. That was, like, what was the point of that? I don't know. Fuck. His take was dripping in pettiness. Let me read it to you guys, okay? <laughs> yeah. They're not difference makers. They're not, excuse me, they're being asked not to lose. I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. I don't know, but that seems like it was pretty <laughs> harsh. And he's talking about a guy, Dak Prescott, and another guy, Brock Purdy, who are the two favorites to win the NFL MVP. So yeah. that seemed like he was going a little bit too hard. And all right, let's be honest. Like when you're doing podcasts and you're doing sports media, your number one job is to get attention, right? We talked about Skip Bayless and my love I have for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and really his brand is just say crazy outlandish stuff. And it's gotten him to be one of the top voices in sports media. And so like saying stuff like this for Cam is probably good for him, right? He's getting a lot of clicks. He's getting a lot um, of attention for it. But if you say stuff that's dripping in jealousy and pettiness too often, people are eventually going to tune you out. But right now he's still very relevant. He just came off playing at quarterback. And those are all his peers, guys that he played in the NFL at the same time with. Yeah, I, I, I feel this like semi the same way. He did clean it up. Like the second version was definitely a cleaner version. I'm always just surprised on social media what people give a damn about. It always feels so <laughs> fake. Because I'm old right. enough to remember like a year ago when everybody was killing Cam Newton for no reason. And then this came out and somebody continued that trend. And then it was like, oh, how dare you talk about Cam Newton? And it was like, you know, he has an a right for a podcast. Yeah, everybody has a right to a podcast or a perspective right. or an opinion. I don't think we're saying that. I'm just always shocked at what people decide to make a movement out of. And this felt like one of those things where I just couldn't put my hand on it, couldn't put my finger right. on it. And I was Same. like kind of in the middle of it too, because I was on the show and I'm like, are people talking about me? 
because I agree with his take on the show. And then they did start making one of his outfit, and I purposely didn't say anything about his outfit because I felt like I might be a little too far. I'm not gonna. It seems personal. Yeah, and yeah, and and on top of that, I done heard uh, Arlovsky, Damian Woody say much harsher things about their quarterbacks when they picked Zach Wilson when he wasn't doing so great. They done talked about these folks on TV. Stephen, everybody be talking. Cam Newton say one thing, and now oh, he's just ridiculous for having a take on his show. And it's not even that crazy of a take. It like, a, I, it, maybe I it's, it's not right, but like it's not that crazy. We've heard a lot crazier than that. All so. right. So, who wins the MVP this year? On that note, Joe, who, who's your MVP vote today? Well, you're putting me in a bind here because I had Dak Prescott until what <laughs> yeah. I saw last night for him. Um, so, honestly, there's a really good chance it's, it is Brock Purdy because the Niners, they look like the best team in the NFL right now. And typically, you're going to give it to the quarterback of the best team as long as he's playing pretty well. And and Brock Purdy's playing great football since he had the little skid in the middle of the season when he played the Browns and a couple other teams. But mm-hmm. he's looked great since then. 29 yeah. touchdown passes leading the league, Juju. That's your vote as well? I mean, it, you – the only other person I could see get sneaking in there at this point is Tyreek, but he missed the game yesterday, which I feel like is big when it comes to his 2,000-yard chase. Mm-hmm. And a wide receiver is just uh, – it's hard to give it to him anyway. So outside of Brock Purdy, I don't see anyone that necessarily deserves it more than him. Yeah, Dak is uh, – his, his case is hurting. Josh Allen is trending, Nat. But I'll be honest with you, even when I look at the 49ers, my vote is CMC. I mean, I think – Christian McCaffrey mm. is more the MVP than Brock Purdy, and that might be that might be messed up because I think we all have a a, a reverence for Kyle Shanahan drink, and we just automatically think if you're a quarterback in his system, you're going to play well. So, Nat, who is no, the MVP this year? I like that take, and I'm going to go with you. I like the CMC take for MVP. Um, I think, you know, like I love Brock Purdy. Obviously, I'm the two Niners having like making their case yeah. for MVP. I'm happy regardless, but I mean, I love Brock and I think he's a great quarterback, but at the same time, people have been saying, and they're not wrong. He has all the weapons that he could ask for around him. CMC being one of those weapons mm-hmm. and he has been unreal this season. And I think he deserves MVP. I, I'm kind of, I want to change my vote. I just remember <laughs> something. I think the MVP is Justin Herbert, brother, because the Chargers <laughs> look so crazy without him. They, they, I don't know. They, maybe I'm doing some faulty math. Yeah. But if that's how they look without that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're confusing MVP with Nobel Peace Prize. For him ah, to, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. for him having right. to withstand that. So Brandon Staley is out as the head coach of the Chargers. We're at that season. Coaches are about to start to get fired. One of those coaches that people were talking about is Bill Belichick being fired mm-hmm. after the season. We got about a minute left here, Joe. Do you think that it's right for Bill Belichick to be fired or should he be able to write his own ticket? So I don't think he'll be fired. I think there'll be some type of mutual understanding. And I do think that for both sides, I think it's time for a fresh start in New England. And I think it's time for a fresh start for Bill Belichick. Like he's been there forever. And I think he's just frustrated with everybody in the building. And he wants to go coach a player at quarterback that has a chance to win him a Super Bowl. That's Justin Herbert. So it just makes sense that he's going to want to go out and coach the Chargers. You think he goes to the Chargers? Nat, what do you think about Bill Belichick? Should he have the right to stay for as long as he wants? Um, Honestly, kind of. Yeah, I think I agree. so. I mean, I think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to get fired like that. Like you said, it's probably going to be some 
mutual understanding. But I think that he, at this point, you know, he's basically New England royalty and he should be able to have his own say in his exit. I agree. I, Juju, give me your perspective. In, in my opinion is, what is the point of being the best if you're going to get treated like everybody else? <laughs> right. Look, try to beat Don Shula's record, brother. I think he was a couple of in the teens away from Don Shula's record. Get that record and then start looking at the south of France, Saint-Tropez, Montego <laughs> Bay, brother. You have gave us a – we thank you for your service, Bill Belichick. Mm. You don't need to prove nothing else to us, man. Go enjoy your life and your grandkids, man. Find you a lady, man. Salute, man. <laughs> nothing screams <laughs> south of France like Bill Belichick and cut off hoodies. We're going to take a quick break. He could join me in the European League of Football. There's a team in Paris. He could live in the south of France and just take his private jet to practice every day. Tell him you have a receiver coach spot open for Bill Belichick there in Germany. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into some more NFL news. Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. One thing that I do want to bring up, there was a point in time where we would talk heavily about burgers. Um, There was a time in my life where I was eating probably roughly 250 burgers a year. Um, I'm not far off from that now, so I don't want to make it seem like I've turned a new leaf. But, Joe, you always talked about Culver's fast food burger. Recently, one opened up around the corner from where I live. I got to say it's fire. I, oh, I got to say it's... It scared us. I got to say it's... It might be my number one fast food burger. I mean, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm there. And we might... You know what? Let's just do an impromptu fast food burger draft. Really quick. Three rounds. Everyone gets a chance. Uh, with the first overall pick of the 2023 Tomahawk Burger Draft, Fat Nat, you're on the clock with the first overall pick. In and out. Immediately. Mm. That's the first pick. Off the board. In and out. People say it's overrated, Nat. Who who causes the draft board to the number one pick goes to now? Hey, I'm the first lady, okay? First lady. She she gets the first pick. All right. So with the second overall pick, Juju, of the 2023 uh, Burger Tomahawk Draft, who you got? Five damn guys. Oh, goodness. Mm. All right. I don't mind that. I don't <laughs> mind that. Joe, you're, you're, I'll give you the third pick. Who you got? And you know who my you pick know, is going to be, so I'm hoping you're not going to step on my toes there. No, you're safe. Uh, you notice how, with the Burger Draft, this is our first draft where people have just said the name of the franchise, and they've just said no supporting details whatsoever. <laughs> and almost none are needed because everyone's like, oh, yeah, in and out I love that burger. That's really good. Five guests. Ooh, I like their peanuts and their french fries. They're fried in peanut oil. They're delightful. Uh, right. So, actually, I'm going to maybe, since we didn't really talk about doing this, I'm going to say the Six Springs Farms Hall of Fame beef burgers because, actually, last week mm. we just launched – a, a brand of beef that's raised on my farm. It's a Wagyu wow. Angus Simmental blend. It Jeez. is honestly the best burger that I've ever had in my entire life. I'm going to cook some for the family tonight. And you can check it out on SixSpringsFarms.com. We're Look selling a little bit of those pre-made burgers. So maybe I'll have to throw some out to you guys so you can enjoy it. Because as great as Culver's is, which it is the best fast food burger, there's no doubt about it. My burgers are even better. Well, we're hey, going to put this on social media. Plug. We're going to put <laughs> it on social, me- social media and we're going to vote. So clearly no one's going to have had that burger and it's, it's going to lose. So All I'm- my family and friends are going to stampede <laughs> the rest of the Tama flock and vote for me as the champion. Shameless plug. You talk about Taylor Swift and you are the exact same person as the NFL. All right. My first round pick is Cobras. I said that it is a fire burger, Joe. You were completely right for years. I called you a stupid SOB, and that is not the case. I still do. I still do. That won't change, but the burger yeah. is good. All right, second round, Nat. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Shake Shack next. 
Ooh, oh, you're yeah. very LA with it. That's very solid. Shake Shack I and like In and Out. In and Out way more than Shake Shack, but okay. Shake Shack is a good second. All right, Dang, very bro. LA of you. All right, who you, who you got? We got to link up now. We got to link up and hit the street. <laughs> hit the me you are like-minded individuals. I know. We have to. All right. You feel me? I'm going to just go with the uh, the reggae Carl's Jr. You feel oh, me? Carl's Salute Jr. Carl and Hardy. Salute to both of them guys. You can't. Is that the same company, or did you just throw a third rounder in there on accident? I think they're the same. Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Okay. I think they that's are. Carl's Jr. It's and It's like the, West the rallies and the checkers situation. All right. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. It's regional. Mm. All right, Spoiler. Carl's Jr. I don't know if I've ever had a Carl's Jr. burger, so I can't really say. But, uh, Joe, second-round pick, who you got? Yeah, I, you know, this, this draft is skewing much more towards, like, almost a fast casual burger because <laughs> fast food is more like your Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, and we all know the quality's not there with those. But yeah. I'm going to continue along the same train of thought and go with Red Robin. I don't know if you guys Yay. have Red Robin where Red you Robin's are, but it's all burger. like it's a make yourself, make your own burger. That's really amazing. They have these huge patties. They do yeah. like a coarse grind. So it's got this wonderful um, surface area that just captures all the juiciness and all the seasonings. And you can put whatever condiments and signature sauces on that you want on top. And it's just fantastic. We had one in college right on campus, and I used to go there almost weekly mm. maybe more red robin yeah oh, i don't no. i don't i don't mind red robin all right second round i'm gonna go with swenson's um oh ohio mm. delectable there i mean it is an incredible burger for sure and that was that was my battle so those were one and two of my big board culver's and swenson's and here mm. i am at the bottom of the second and still got it so here we go last round third round nat who you got okay uh going with the habit i love habit burgers i don't know if you guys have that over Never. there i don't know if that's a california thing but i love habit mm. Okay, Dang. habit. I've never had a. Has anybody else had a habit burger? I never heard of it. But if that oh, like me. it, I know it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Okay, I got <laughs> I got a lot of bad habits. Never had a habit burger. Juju, who you got? <laughs> Third round. I'm gonna go with my dog from the Funky Bunch and my other dog from the New Kids on the Block. Man, them wild burgers go crazy. Do they? Get it? I don't. I've never even thought to stop at Wall Burgers just because. Think about it. <laughs> it's worth it. it. It's fire. Yes, sir. Ski. What kind of burger do you get from there? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So I, I like mine. You know what I mean? Double uh, with cheese, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise only. Add a little slide of bacon. Cut that thing in half so I can eat around the sides until I get to the middle. Mm. Oh, that's a, that is a, that is very specific. I like that. <laughs> Joe, who you got? Third round. I see you deep in thought. You have no idea where you're going with this pick. <laughs> no, I do. I'm, I'm just thinking about the shame on me. For all the years I lived in Cleveland, there was a Wahlburger right downtown, right by the baseball stadium, <laughs> and I never, ever went there. And now that Juju has told me how fantastic it is, I have this deep <laughs> desire to try it. Like, my biggest flaw in life is that if there's like a food item that I haven't tried, I have to eat it. So when I'm on vacation, I order at least five or six entrees every time I sit down to eat. Cause I'm like, well, when's the next time I'm going to be in Germany eating at this place? I got to eat everything and see what it's like. <laughs> like I have this mystery and curiosity in my life, in my mind that is uh, unquenchable. And it uh, turns out I'm going to move to Germany. So I guess I didn't have to eat and gain 20 <laughs> pounds in the week that I was there a couple of years ago for NFL Germany. But um, now I got to try Wahlburger. That sounds fantastic. I can't wait. However, with my selection, I'm going with Whataburger. And I think part of it's like the exotic mystery, the fact that I think they're only down in like Texas in the South. Mm. And so I only get them in special vacation situations where I'm really enjoying myself. Uh, and they're fantastic. <laughs> I really, I really love Whataburger. I mean, they're, they're definitely worth the high praise that my Southern friends always give them. 
Bro, I got the opposite of you. Every restaurant I go to, I order an appetizer because I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing for your buck is actually the entree, man. The appetizer is where they're making money on you. You got to get rid of that. Just order three, four entrees. Some fried pickles, six ninety nine. wherever you go, Johnny. Like, I'll come next time I come to Germany, I'll have everything. Uh, all right, my, my final pick of the 2023 Tomahawk Burger Draft. I'm going to go with uh, McDonald's. Um, oh, I probably still bad. eat those the most throughout the year. 377 billion burgers sold. You can say what you want about the quality. They're doing something right. All right. right. Listen, it might not be real meat, Carl. That is fact. <laughs> we understand that. But that is not the point. Okay. Neither here nor there, Carl. Neither here nor there. You put a little barbecue sauce on it, you'll never know the difference. Uh, What's the I, hamburger you go with, though? Because McDonald's is yeah. one of those burger chains that has a right. wide variety of hamburgers. Yeah, I do the triple cheeseburger. I bet you didn't even know they oh, made a triple cheeseburger. Is that a thing? Oh. Yeah, see? You didn't know. What? Yeah, triple now cheeseburger. Now I got to go to McDonald's and try their triple <laughs> yes. cheeseburger. Single tear just came down my cheek, bro. I salute <laughs> to the triple cheeseburger and yeah. hot, man. It has been a, it has been a, a evolution for me. I started off doing the double cheeseburger meal when I was young, and then yeah. I moved on to the McDouble which was a dollar at one point for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't want two double cheeseburgers. That seems a little excessive as my metabolism slowed down. But one wasn't enough. And then, of course, I was on a, a trip somewhere, and I was on Uber Eats, and I'm like, I'm going to get some McDonald's. It's the only thing open. And I accidentally typed the T in, and triple cheeseburger popped up. And I'm like, <laughs> you got to be shitting me. <laughs> triple cheeseburger? I've been ordering it ever since, Joe. So quick, fun story. Shout out to McDonald's for helping me turn into the NFL player and Hall of Famer that I am oh, wow. currently today because my first couple of years at Wisconsin, I gained weight, but I had trouble getting over that 300 pound mark. And my sophomore year, I lived right down the street on Regent Street mm -hmm. in Madison, Wisconsin from a McDonald's. And this was back in the day when you could walk through the drive-thru. And so we would walk home from the bars every night. And it was when the dollar menu was still going on. And we would order 10. Actually, we, I say we, but I meant me. I would order <laughs> 10 double cheeseburgers in the walk-through drive-thru on the way back to my region apartments at oh, bar time. And I would eat all 10 of them, which is that's probably crazy. about 5,000 calories uh, on top of all the beer and all the crap I had already drank that entire oh. night. And that was when I finally was able to get my weight up over 300 pounds. I gained oh 50 God. pounds that year. I was so proud of myself. Mm. And uh, I also gained uh, 30 blood pressure points. Yes, congrats. Uh, and I think, <sighs> I think at that time, also my cholesterol doubled. <laughs> so all the good things that you want to be an NFL player, yes. McDonald's gave it to me. There you go. High scores and cholesterol and blood pressure. Congratulations Thank to you. Thank God Nobody you are still me. with us, brother. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Let's give it to Joe being with us yeah, still, man. man. Yeah, Joe. Here's Thank to my you. liver for handing all that saturated fat. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some extra points really quick because I need your perspective on this, Joe. They are trying to ban what they call the hip drop tackle. I think that's the name mm. of it. I don't um, know what that is. It, it, exactly. And so I, I, I am a little bit taken back. So apparently it's when you wrap the hips and you just drop your weight to the ground, which to me is called a tackle, period. <laughs> <laughs> but they are effectively starting to wean this out of the game. I think it was a quote directly from Roger that said, we got to get rid of this hip drop tackle, which again, I had no idea was a thing, but apparently you, you shouldn't be doing that. Joe, are you a fan of the way that the rules are going in the NFL? Honestly, I am at a loss for words because I did remember hearing somebody say this watching the broadcast on Sunday, but I didn't even know what they were talking about. And <laughs> now that I just quickly looked it up, like I'm, 
really not familiar with how to tackle somebody unless you hip drop them. Isn't that like the perfect way to tackle? Like you wrap up their leg and then you drop your, your weight. weight to the ground and you twist them, right? <laughs> Isn't that how Pete Carroll made like yes. a lot of positive news in the NFL, like teaching guys the right way to tackle, like moving your head to the side, grabbing a leg and then doing like the gator roll. Like that's how they teach people <laughs> the right way to tackle. If you can't do that, what are you supposed to do? Like just push bench press them to the ground. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the other options are. Well, they said that it, it, it has been causing too many injuries to the lower extremities. Um, if you watch the Mark Andrews tackle, he gets tackled from behind and they drop, drop down and it's like oh you fall on your knee or your your ankles and again they now they say we have to eliminate it and I'm not a defensive player but I do feel like they are making it very very hard for defensive yeah. players to do their job to a point where not even I understand it no right. so first of all they're still allowing defensive players to dive at the back of receivers legs as they're trying to catch the football if we want to outlaw something <laughs> that's extremely dangerous i mean how many times have you seen guys get their knees blown out when uh tight ends going across the middle of the field and he goes up oh, as soon next. as he lands the safety's coming in and just sawing the back of his knees in half like that's a dangerous play let's get rid of that before we get rid of the the hip drop tackle or whatever that is <laughs> that is makes it makes no sense to me how we're going with that but no even more offensive than that is something that justin fields did in the Browns uh Bengals or Browns uh Bears game oh, is the yeah. fake slide. Like <laughs> when a quarterback starts to slide, the rule book says he should be down immediately. Like he's not allowed to get an extra yard as he starts to slide. If you fake like you're gonna slide, you should be down right away. I hate that the slide has become weaponized by quarterbacks in the NFL and the fake, like I'm gonna step out of bounds because everybody knows how we're trying to take care of these quarterbacks. And I think that's a good thing, but we shouldn't allow the quarterbacks to do these fake maneuvers like they're giving themselves up only to try to gain extra yards. I love it. No fakes, no tackles in the NFL. Let's <laughs> no let's, let's do let's, let's <laughs> do away all with it. all of it, man. Let's just everyone <laughs> score, every play, nobody get hit, and nothing bad ever happens to anybody. But yet we got rid of the Pro Bowl. That's what the Pro Bowl was. <laughs> that's what we want. It yes. seems like that's the direction we're going, but yet we still canceled it. Look at that. And yet guys still mark out punts out of bounds just by running down there. <laughs> yeah, I it was here. Yeah, it's not amazing. This looks right. about right. All right. Well, we that got doesn't computer produce... chips in the footballs, but yet when the ball goes out of bounds, we just got a bozo that has no angle just running up there, acting like he's waddling up down the sideline like Jalen Waddle hey, and Stephen Ross. And, oh, yeah, it's right about here. That's awesome. I know some people from my neighborhood. That 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 eyeball perp the same way. Uh, that does it for this episode <laughs> of the Tomahawk Show. Happy holidays to everyone. Whatever you celebrate, um, especially what we celebrate here, which is Fat Nat's birthday. Happy early birthday to Fat Nat. We will see you all when we see you all. Till next time, Joe. Take us out. Joe, hawk yourself.